so you, you usually you say you do fasting pretty much every day yeah, yeah. man so you know i do uh 11 to 7 so i oh, eat, okay you know i don't eat anything before 11 a.m and i don't eat anything after 7 p.m okay yeah and that's uh and technically it's like intermittent fasting right that's what's yeah. called yeah yeah and how long have you been have you been doing that for man you know so it's it i'm going on about a month and uh I'm down 20 pounds. Damn. Okay. You know? Do you and work out? I, I work out yeah. too. So, uh, working out about three to four days a week, three for sure. Sometimes I get four, you know, my job is, you know, all over the place sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, I want to get it in and then I'll get home and then the wife is like, Hey, you want to watch a movie? You know? So if I don't go to the gym in the morning and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go tonight. Then the wife's like, "Hey, let's watch a movie, or let's do this, or let's do that." And I'm yeah. like, "Oh man, you know, I, nah, I gotta, I, I gotta cut it for today." But yeah, man, it's uh it's been, um, it's been nice. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's the easiest way to lose weight without changing your diet, right? Yeah, because I, I haven't really changed my diet. Uh, I just, I don't eat like really bad meals, but I don't eat good meals either. Yeah, right? I feel you. So like, I might have a burger, but. I don't have the fries. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying. It's all, it's it's especially when you're so busy, right? It could be um, sometimes hard to like just really stick because sometimes you just need to get some food in. As, not, absolutely. Bro. So and, and I'm sure like you're around, especially when you work at a certain place. Not everybody's gonna be eating the healthiest things, so exactly. sometimes it's like you exactly. kind of just get caught up in that. But no, that's good, man. Especially uh, like you, if you have that window, it's it's really easy to. Um, like not go over your daily calories because you only have a certain amount, right? That's uh, some, right. Sometimes what what messes people up is like those late meals, right? Like after uh, a certain time, like those late night meals yeah, are what gets a lot of man. people. Th- that that's what used to be my biggest downfall. Yeah, was eating late. Like I would go out with some of the guys, and and as soon as we left the bar, it was like Whataburger. Yeah, right? exactly. Or or we were at the bar and they still had a kitchen open. Like, hey, let me order before yeah. we leave here. You yeah. know, so I had to I had to cut that out, man. But as soon as I cut that out, man, uh, man, my body just started changing. You mm-hmm. know, and you know, I'm 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 about 280 now. I want to come down to about 240. Yeah, which is which is roughly about my high school weight. Okay, slash, yeah, yeah. you know, because I mean, you still have a big frame. Like that's yeah. So yeah. I mean that's I mean that's a solid weight. Did you play oh, yeah. uh, sports in, in yeah, so, high school? Yeah, high school man uh, played uh, uh, football, basketball, yeah. baseball. And you went to Bel Air, uh, right? Bel Air, yeah, Bel Air High School. Uh, love that school, man. Mm-hmm. I, I still to this day, you know, I'm still a, a advocate for that school. And um, you know, I, I I gave my first scholarship uh, three years, two years ago, and uh, that was such a good feeling, man huge gratitude mm-hmm. i mean uh and it was nice because i felt like when i went to bel-air you know i was one of those kids that you know didn't grow up with much so there was a lot of like programs that were kind of helping me out right mm-hmm. we had like a uh alumni bel-air group that of of these older uh uh, uh ladies and gentlemen you know and they were, you know, oh, he needs basketball shoes, so they give me basketball shoes, yeah. right? Or uh, he needs three hundred to go out of town on this basketball trip. Mm-hmm. Let's let's sponsor him, you know. So wow. they did a lot of stuff like that for me. So it, it, I was able to do things in high school that uh, I wouldn't have been able to do for myself, right? Or my parents wouldn't have been able to do. So 
I just know now I got to give back like, yeah, for you sure. know, little at a time and, and until I can get to the point where I'm doing a lot more, you know, money and, and, and kids, you know, uh, and, and to make it so it, it stretches a little bit, right? For sure. I don't want to give, you know, a $100 scholarship, you know, because yeah. really in today's no, world, today's society. What, what is it going to do, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you go to McDonald's three times and spend <laughs> yeah. spend a hundred. You Shit, know, my tuition was damn near fifty thousand dollars, man. So it's, yeah, so it's yeah, it's college is expensive, man. So any like yes, for sure, anything helps. But like you yeah. said, like you you, it's definitely not the easiest thing, especially financially for yeah. someone. But the fact that you're doing that for someone is because I heard you talk about that. Um, you were saying how yeah you because people did that for you when you were um i guess growing up mm-hmm. um that's kind of what you've carried res- your with yourself through like through the years as you've grown up that you want to do the same for like other people right 100 percent. and that's that's something that not just from you on your podcast because i listen to it a lot but mm-hmm. um something that a lot of people have talked about especially about yourself is just yeah you're very just very giving to others and I think that's one of the best like characteristics for that anybody could have. Appreciate so I think it, that, that's that's amazing. So what do you what do you think that do you, is that something that like you you're very intentional about? Is something that you actually actively try to pay attention to and that you try to do, or is that just kind of who you feel like you've just are? Yes. Actually that's a great question. I've never been asked asked that question itself. Um it's definitely in not intentional it's just who i am right so i don't try to go out of my way to do it because i'm like okay i built this character i gotta do this it actually happens very natural for me okay so i just do it Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh shoot man i look back at the year and i'm like dang i did this i did this i did that you know i helped this person sometimes i don't even remember helping someone right uh, um, I talked about this on my podcast where uh, I helped this one individual and um, I didn't even remember helping him, right? Mm-hmm. And I just took him to lunch in high school, right? But that same day, he was contemplating suicide, right? Uh, and I had no idea. I just knew when I was walking by him in the in the hallway, he just didn't seem himself. So I was like, hey, you all right? And he was like, I'm okay. And then, you know, he just kind of kept walking. And I said, hey, hey, Ray, you know, turn around, man. Uh, let's go to lunch. Come to lunch with us. So we went to lunch and had a good time, you know. And I didn't have much money. I had probably five bucks. Mm-hmm. So I bought probably two double cheeseburgers. He bought, he got two double cheeseburgers yeah. and that was it, right? But it was just the the thought, I guess, for him and the laughter that we had at lunch that was able to change his thinking Mm -hmm. right um and you know you you would think like all right two christmas you only gave two dollars right it really isn't the giving of two dollars that that i focus on or or that comes natural right i i just give sometimes it's in big amounts sometimes it's in small amounts Mm -hmm. right but giving him the laughter was more than actually the the money right the laughter and just like forgetting about his problems right so I didn't even know I did that for him until roughly about two years ago, he reaches out to me on Facebook and uh, he's asked for my number. So I thought he wanted a car because that's what most people do. Hey, yeah. Christmas, what's your number? I want to call you. I'm looking at this car, whatever. Yeah. 
So, <clears throat> and he's bought two cars for me too, mm-hmm. but uh, he, he reaches out to me and he says, hey, Christmas, man. He's like, I wanted to call you because there's something you don't know that you did for me back in high school. I'm like, what? So he, he's like, uh, yeah, man. He's, he's like, I don't know if you remember, but there was one time I was walking through the hall and you stopped me and you're like, hey, you okay? You know, you said what's up, and then I said what's up, and I guess the way I responded, you were like, hey, you okay? And you invited me to lunch. He was like, that lunch, I was on my way out of, you know, out of school, and I was going to commit suicide. Oh, snap. I didn't see yeah. that. <laughs> this is my nephew, by the hey, way. Hey, what's yeah. up, man? What's up? What's up? This, but, is, uh, uh, this is Mr. Christmas. How Say you doing? Say, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, when that happened, man, I was like, blown away and immediately my eyes watered right Mm -hmm. on the phone and i'm like ray what i had no idea Mm -hmm. but i think that's the best part about it is when you're being intentional trying to give it's a good thing it's still a good thing Mm -hmm. right but when it just comes naturally you do a lot of things like that yeah right sure where where you save people's lives you didn't even know it and the fact that how, how long how long ago was that that was about well when I saved his life or, or invited yeah. him to lunch, uh, that had to be about 17 years ago, man. Like, actually, like 19 years ago. Yeah. You know, and he still remembered. Yeah, and that that just goes to show you, like, there's literally just moments throughout our lives that stick with us for years and years and years. And you might not have realized it, but that one moment just meant, I mean... That that moment changes life. If you think about it, it it saved his life. It changed his life, and yeah, I, I think actually, I mean, that's an amazing story. And I think a lot of people, um, I'm sure a lot of people can relate as far as there's there's interactions that they remember throughout their entire life. Yeah. So it just kind of reminds you that you should always just. I feel like no matter who you come across, I think you just have to more than anything just like check up on people and just make sure like because you don't have to do that but like you said i, I think the fact that you don't remember it mm-hmm. just shows that that's just who you are yeah because it was just something that you were you naturally did yeah man I, yeah and i didn't remember the sequence or anything you yeah. know and he tells me yeah we went to lunch and we we're laughing about this that and we were with Sonny and this and blah blah and, and i'm like dang uh you know i had so many times at lunch where i would invite people to go with us and we'd have a good time so i didn't remember specifically and then 19 years ago at that you know and i don't feel like my memory is the best out there either Mm -hmm. you know so uh it was just a really good thing man and uh i was so glad that he told me but to make this story even better he so my parents they they still live next to my old high school right um, and then next to my old high school, there's a middle school, which is Bel Air Middle. Would you consider that Lower Valley? Is that Lower, lower Valley? Valley. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. So there's Bel Air Middle, and Bel Air Middle is like 10 houses away from my parents. So a lot of the parents, when they're picking up their kids for school, they park in front of my parents' house, like waiting for their kids to walk over to get in the car, right? Mm-hmm. So Ray... Uh, happens to be parked in front of my parents' house, uh, or, or not parked in front of my parents' house, but like a couple houses down. And uh, but he knows which house my is mine, right? And uh, he decided to just stop on his own, you know. And this is after he told me the story, but this is like maybe about six months after he told me the story. And uh, he sees my dad sitting outside, 
and he's like, uh, hi, Mr. Christmas, I, you know, I'm Ray, and my dad always sits on the porch, you know, so my dad comes over, hey, how you doing, Ray, and he's like, yeah, I'm Anthony's friend, you know, he's like, I'd love to tell you a story, and he tells my dad the story, and my dad was just like, blown away, man, mm-hmm. my dad immediately called me afterwards, and he's like, Anthony, man, he said, you're a gift of God, brother, he's like, you know, Ray just, uh, and, and, and I have another friend named Ray, and he's my best friend, so when he was like, Ray just told me this story, and I was like, what funny-ass story did he tell, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, something, something crazy, yeah, right? Yeah. But when he's like, uh, uh, no, not, not Moncito, because that's what we call him. He's like, Ray, you know, another guy, Ray, and he was telling me about a story about him committing suicide or going to commit suicide, and you saved his life. And, and uh, he's like, man, Ant, you know, he's like, I don't know what we did to raise you like that, you know, but whatever it is just keep doing mm-hmm. you know keep doing it and i i owe a lot of credit to my parents man cuz they really focused on us being kind to everybody i mean my mom man she'd slap the shit out of you <laughs> if you weren't kind right yeah uh and and that was to anybody we could be in a grocery store and somebody said hi to us and and we didn't say hi back or or hello sir or, mm-hmm. or yes sir or yes ma'am and my mom would be like, like, you better speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you better speak, yeah. you know? So, uh, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, uh, just that whole sequence was cool. For sure. Man. And from what I um, from what I remember, like, you, you didn't come from much money at all, especially, like, when you were growing up. You're Not um, definitely all. a very humble beginning. So can you kind of talk about, like, your upbringing? And- yeah, man. So, you know, born and raised here in El Paso and – Grew up in that house, which was my grandmother's house, uh, before she passed, and then she left it to my dad. Now, my my dad, you know, he was a uh, he's a multi felon. You know, he, he's he's got a you know a lot of felonies, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just in and out of prison. You know, from the age of eighteen to forty, and then my mom, she when I was like age six, she got diagnosed with uh, multiple cirrhosis. MS. So my mom had to be like that, like that rock for us to, to raise us. Right. But she couldn't work. You know, she was working until she got it. And then once it started getting really bad, she had to stop debilitating for Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And then my grandmother, my dad had just got out of prison. Like weeks later, my grandmother passes away. Mm -hmm. Right. So my dad, you know, he's getting, he gets out of prison, decides he wants to change his life. Right. Um, And he was 40 at the time. And when when you're going, sorry, uh, mm-hmm. when you're going through that, like, you, he's in that out of prison as you guys are growing up. Yeah. What's like your mind? Like, what's your? I mean, he's your dad. You're always gonna love him, but at the yeah. same time, like, what's your thoughts behind that? Is it like why? Are you kind of asking why he's kind of still in that? Like, still kind of living that? Man, so so that's a that's a really good question too. So my mom didn't allow us to have any judgment on my dad, mm-hmm. right? for going in and out of prison. That's the one thing she would not allow us to do, right? She she you love you you're going to love your dad and mm-hmm. and you're going to respect him. You know, yeah, he he's had some hardships, but everybody has hardships, right? So, my mom like held it down, man, for my dad, you know, while he was in and out of prison. Yeah. And a lot of women wouldn't do that. That's you know? amazing. Yeah. It, it, you know, m- m- most women would be like, oh, you're deadbeat dad, you mm-hmm. know, because they're not getting child support or anything. Yeah. My mom was like, no, like, I may feel some way about your dad, but 
you guys aren't going to ever feel that the way I do about him, right? So she wouldn't even give us detail of, like, why he went to prison, stuff like that. It would always be like, hey, he's going out of town for a little bit, and he'll come back, you know, soon. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of it, right? So as I grew up, my 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 father was very, you know, um, uh, he he would instill discipline in us as well, right? So when he finally got out of prison, he wanted to change his life. So he had to drop everybody he associated with before he went to prison completely, which means like all his best friends gone, right? Because they they were drug addicts, you know, um, and all the people like he would do business with, right? Gone, right? So they they heard he get out he got out of prison. They would come by the house, and we were we were told like anybody that comes to ask for dad. Other than family, tell him he doesn't live here yeah. or like he's yeah. he's not here. Right. So we had to do that. And then, sh you know, about a year later, they stopped coming, you know, and then my dad was able to focus on his life. And he started working for a factory, uh, Eureka factory, Eureka vacuums, you know, and uh, as a forklift driver. And he did that for, you know, 10 years or something like that, 15 years and then he, he went to Polo Jeans Factory, and then he did that for another, you know, 15 years, man. And and uh, when he retired, or actually like 10 years, and then when he retired, you know, he retired at an 825 hourly pay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, minimum, that's not minimum wage. Minimum, right now, yeah. man. And he was there for, actually, he, he was with Eureka for about eight years, and then he was with... Uh, uh, Polo jeans for about 20 years, man. And within that time frame, like I said, he, he retired at, I mean, like low, man, yeah. like nothing mm -hmm. really, you know? So, uh, uh, he just, he held it down, man. He, he really did. You know, he, he came out and he changed his life. Yeah. And so, you know, right now he's going through cancer. He's got stage oh, four man. cancer and, and, uh, me and my brothers, man, we've been, we've been trying to spend as much time with him, but not only that, but, just like talk talk with him about stuff that he never shared with us, yeah. right? Like sometimes I'll get with him and I start asking him questions, right? Prison stories and all <laughs> sorts of shit, you know? Yeah. He's got crazy stories, but he would never tell us back then, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now he kind of like tells he's us. And, up a little bit, yeah, yeah, he tells us some of the funny ones yeah, and shit, yeah. you know? So yeah, it's, it's cool, man. Yeah, and uh, what, what, was, what do you think was responsible for, um, because... As a father, like you kind of, or as a as a son, you kind of see that it's not the most maybe, maybe it's not the most. I'm sure your your mom really held it down, but it's not the most stable environment, right? Because, yeah. uh, I mean, a father being there is like really big. What kind of kept you level headed? Was there ever a point where you started veering off, or were you always like, did you always kind of just keep your head and just have that um, good mindset throughout, like when you were growing up? Yeah, man. You know, my my mom. So moms back then are de really different from moms nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. My mom, she, one, she, all my friends that I hung around with were like-minded, mm -hmm. okay? So like the three, four, five friends, we were all like-minded, which means we didn't do drugs. We played sports. Mm -hmm. We were, you know, we were always together playing hide-and-go-seek and stuff yeah. in the, in the uh, neighborhood. And my mom, if there was a kid that, like, came into the group, that she knew was bad news right off the bat, she would like 
nope, you can't hang with such mm-hmm. and such. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'd be like, hey, I want to go to such and such house. Nope. Like, you better go over to Danny's house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I couldn't go. <clears throat> and back then I didn't realize, right? Yeah. I had no clue. Like, why would she? She let me go to Danny's or, or mm-hmm. Ray's or this, right? But she don't let me go to this cat's. And, uh, but as I grew older, I was like, Oh, he's he's arrested. You know, yeah. he, he's in jail. It's crazy know? how they kind of they know they they have that instinct to her. They they that know six cents, man. Yeah. That six cents, and you know, and she was like a real mom, man. Where, you know, if any of my friends acted up and she was present, she'd whoop all of us, <laughs> yeah. right? Like she she you know, and, and <laughs> like it's it, it's funny because we all got whooped from all of our parents, yeah. right? Like, I mean, that's how it used to be back then. It wasn't that foreign to any. But now it's yeah. like, oh shit! But yeah, like back then it's it was yeah. normal, man. It was mm-hmm. like you act up at such and such's house, you are gonna get your ass whooped yeah. over there. <laughs> and if they tell me you are gonna get your ass whooped <laughs> over here too, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, man, it was it was it was dope, man. And uh, I I tell you what, man, you couldn't pay me to have a different childhood, right? Like. I'm glad I grew up from hum- humble beginnings and not only did I uh, from growing up with humble beginnings, but I'm so glad I grew up with like in my neighborhood. Right. It, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of laughter. It was a lot of memories. Um, and it kind of molded me into what I am today. Right. All of us were on the right, tr- are on the right track. All of us are successful now. All of us, mm-hmm. I, you know, any one of those five guys that I would hang out with in my neighborhood are all successful. That's amazing. Know, which is cool. Yeah. Right. And that does not happen, man. It doesn't. It does not happen, man. It's very different from the way we grew up, the way I grew up. Like, I think I was probably on the cusp of like not um, having a little bit of the same, like, oh, you go out, you play with friends, you, but it, I don't think it was to the same extent where like you guys were always outside, like just yeah. hanging around, playing. Y'all would go to each other's houses. Now it's like, what is it even a, what is even a childhood now because it's That's a lot right. of it's like um if you're in sports now it's like year round and you're just constantly like you have personal trainers now that's what you're doing yeah. it's uh and it's yeah i don't think it's the same type of childhood and i wonder what kind of effect that kind of will have on because i mean that teaches you a lot i'm sure you yeah. learn so much through those experiences and but yeah, man. So like, once you once you graduated, so you went to Bel Air. You graduated and you played sports throughout high school. Mm-hmm. What what did you envision yourself doing at that point in your life? So I always knew I'd be successful. I just didn't know doing what. Right. Yeah. So you had but, that like you felt like you were meant to do something. Oh big. yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I you know I I always knew like man I'm I'm gonna do something that I make money right mm-hmm. and and. I'm an owner one day and this and this. Right. And as I started to start my career, I got into sales, which I I started selling uh, cell phones at at T-Mobile. And this is where I knew I had a knack for sales. I started at T-Mobile. I was part time. I was part time making like 60 grand a a year. Oh, shit. (laughs) But it's because I was so good. Yeah. Right. I ended up becoming like the number one salesman within the entire like region, right? Yeah. At T-Mobile, right? And I'm like, <sighs> I didn't even know there was a thing. Yeah. And you know, they send me to Vegas. It was called Winter Circle at the time to collect this award and and I mean, based off of the amount of contracts and phones that I had sold and stuff and 
uh, it was real cool. All expenses paid. All my friends went, like those five friends mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Yeah. They all drove up there to meet <laughs> to me there, you. you know, and we all <laughs> stayed in the same suite. You know Shit, what I mean? Like, yeah. That was crazy, man. It was a crazy <laughs> four days, but yeah, it was a really, really good time. And uh, so when I won that winter circle as a part-time salesman, I was like, what? Like, this is like, I'm really good at this. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to kind of advance. So I left T-Mobile. I got into the car business. So I did two years in the car business, but I got a little lazy because I started making a little bit more money. But in the car business, you're kind of your own boss as a salesman. You, your manager, they're on you, but they're not on you like 24-7. So mm-hmm. it's really easy to kind of just slack off. Yeah. And a lot of times I'd be leaving work to go hang out with this girl. Or, yeah. Or so you could kind of make your own, or, you could kind of make your own hours there. Yeah. You, you, you kind of. So, you know, as long as you're getting the job done, yeah. as far as selling the amount of cars that they expect you to sell. So you have a certain number you have to hit. Yeah. Is it a weekly thing or a monthly? Monthly. Monthly. Okay. Right? So like, let's say the month prior, the month before you sell 20 cars, the next month, they're not going to worry about you because they're like, mm-hmm. okay homeboy's getting it done he sold 20 cars right and the expectancy is 10 cars a month so if i'm selling 20 and they only expect me to sell 10 they ain't worried about me you Mm -hmm. know so a lot of times i i leave and this and that so i didn't take it serious but i was really young yeah so i got out of the car business and went back into the cell phone business um and this time full-time with at&t did fantastic there same thing but AT&T, I'm working, and a guy walks in, and he goes, man, I really like you. And, he's, and I just sold him a family plan for all his family <laughs> and stuff. And he's like, I'm a conductor for Union Pacific Railroad. Would would you want to do something like that? And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, I don't even like, know what that entails. Thomas the train, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. All I knew about, all, the only thing I knew about trains was, yeah. like, watching Thomas the train, right? Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so... I tell him, uh, well, sh- what does it pay? He's like, six figures. I was like, Psh, okay, let's let's do it. Like, what do I need to do? He said, fill out the app. The best I can do is get you a interview. But from the interview, it's up to you, man. If you wow him or if you, or you're able to get it. And it was just off that interaction of you selling him. Selling him cell phones. Wow. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, and I still talk to the guy today. Really cool cat, man. And, uh. So I'm like, cool. I go home that night. Boom, boom, boom. I put in this. Uh, you have to do this like 70 question assessment. So I was like, man, I got to pass the assessment. I haven't taken one of these in I don't know how long. <laughs> yeah. So I start doing it and it's like a personality. So I have my wife there with me like, okay, babe. Like, no, I don't like that answer. Put this <laughs> one, right? And then, you know, oh, that's a good answer. You know, yeah. what, what not. So I ended up passing the assessment and then I, I finished the uh, application Sure enough, like two days later, I get an email like, hey, you've been pushed to the next step. You have an interview. And it's in Odessa, Texas. So I'm like, uh, shoot, okay. And a friend of mine, I don't remember how, uh, oh, I, I do. They made us go do a uh, like a physical. Mm-hmm. And at the physical, there were some other guys from El Paso that were going to go out to that interview. So I was like, well, how many jobs are they hiring? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's three here, and we were all going to, we were like, let's carpool. We'll just take one car all the way up to Odessa. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. But we get up there, and there's 42 applicants. 
right? Or guys there for mm-hmm. interviews. And we go into this auditorium, and then one guy's talking, and he's telling us what the railroad's like and, you know, kind of what we'll make. And he's lying to us. He's like, oh, you're going to make 40000 a year, and uh, it's going to be such a hard job. Like, you're going to be in really hot, hot, and then the coldest of cold, mm-hmm. and then rain, and blah, blah. And he's doing that to see who will get up and just leave. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't want that. So sure enough, like, 10 people get up and leave. So now it went from 42 to 32, right? <laughs> yeah. But then right at the end of his speech, he's like, all right, guys, we only have two spots available. Three spots, I'm sorry. Three spots available. There's, you know, a little over 30 of you guys. We're going to start calling one by one individuals in for an interview. So I'm like, uh, cool, you know, like, man, I got to go in here. So the funny thing is I go wearing slacks, button up, you know, Ty and almost everybody else except for like two other people are in like jeans, boots, mm-hmm. a, like a like a Carhartt, you know, yeah. uh, button up, uh-huh. you know. So uh, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for like country type mm-hmm. people, right? So I'm like, damn. And then one guy's like, yeah, I have previous railroad experience, so they're going to hire me. Yeah. You know? Like I, I did really good. So I'm like, damn. So there's two spots, right? Mm-hmm. So they call me in. And I'm nervous, man. <laughs> so I walk in there, and I, I walk in their confidence through the roof, right? I'm nervous, but I'm confident. Yeah. So I go to every, basically, panelist that's there, and I shake their hand. So every panelist, I'm like, it's five of them, you know, and the superintendent, which the superintendent was just sitting in. He's normally not at a panel uh, for an interview, but I walk up and I, I shake each hand. Bah, bah, bah. I'm Anthony Christmas. I'm Anthony Christmas. I'm Anthony Christmas. Boom. So then they, they kind of like look at each other like, oh, okay. <laughs> so then they asked me one question. They said, hey, man, you, we're look, we looked at your resume. You don't have anything on here of what we like to hire. So why should we hire you? And like without... A thought. I mean, just the first thing that came to mind. I was like, I've never failed at anything. And that's all I said. I said, I never <laughs> failed at anything. And this cannot be harder than two a days in football. <laughs> right? Just yeah. like that. And so then they kind of like smiled, right? And they like looked at each other and they're like, <laughs> okay, thank you. Have a great day. I was like, damn, I didn't get the job, right? Yeah. So. I'm I'm pretty upset at myself. Like God yeah. damn! Like I, I so that was the this. first thing that like first thing to pop instinct, up. Like, yeah. I've never failed at anything, mm-hmm. you know, because I haven't. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I'm I failed the test and stuff yeah. like that. But like actual life events, like I, I've never failed. I, mm-hmm. I I used to kick ass, right? Mm-hmm. So when I said it, I, I it, that's just the first thing that came to mind, and. When they smiled and like looked at each other, I was like, "Fuck, I didn't get it," you know. Yeah. So I walk out, and then the other guys go, and then. So you thought so, they in their heads here was like, "Look at this motherfucker." Yeah, ladies. like yeah, look at this yeah, cocky little yeah. kid, you know. I, and and I'm only 22 at the time, right? Or, yeah, roughly about 22. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, like 24. 24. So, then all of a sudden, uh, we're we get in the car to head back to El Paso. So. On my phone, I get an email, and it's from the railroad. And I'm like, fuck, here's my decline letter, you know? <laughs> so now I'm the first one in the car to get it. And it says, congratulations, you got the job. I'm like, wow. I'm, I'm like through the roof, yeah. right? So then 
me, you know, being nonchalant about it, I'm like, fellas, I just got the email. I got the job. And they're like, what? You know, so they start pulling out their phones to check to yeah. see if they got the email. So we're like two hours away from El Paso when I get the email and nobody else is getting an email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, man. And I, it's, it's not my car either. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, damn, I should have just shut up. You know, I shouldn't have said nothing mm-hmm. like they're bummed out, you know. But yeah, we get back to El Paso. None of them got the job. I get it with these other two guys from like Odessa or wherever they were from. And uh, yeah, man, we went to training and I just started dating my wife and uh, we were dating for maybe four to six months. And and they said, you got to move to Fort Worth and you're going to be in a hotel for like six months during training. So I'm like, what? Like, dang. So and my wife is like my soulmate. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, like. And it took me two years to get with my wife, right? So I'm like, damn, like, I'm about to lose it. Yeah. So I tell her, like, I'm going to Fort Worth. You know, I, I didn't get a shot here in El Paso. And, you know, I'm, I have to stay in a hotel for the next six months during training. And she goes, okay, when do we leave? Okay. Yeah. Let's go. You know? But <laughs> damn. Yeah, so I did the railroad. Yeah. From railroad, uh, they laid me off cold turkey one day. I was like, shit, okay, like, what do I do? So they laid out 4,500 employees, and immediately I said, I'm going to get back in the car business, but this time I'm going to take it serious. So not only am I going to do well, but I'm going to take it serious and just grow, right? So that's what I did, man. I jumped back into the car business. I, I was able to get promoted in nine months. Then And it's hard to get promoted in nine months in the car business. Uh, you you just got to be on your shit, mm-hmm. you know, at all times. So I got promoted, then <clears throat> did that for five years, learned everything, was great at it, great as a finance manager, got promoted again to a different dealer. I went to a different dealer, and then and now at another dealer, I'm promoted again, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm right there, like, itching towards the top. So yeah. uh, what, what would you – what would you attribute like your success and sales to what, like, what is it? Um, cause I'm sure people have different ways of selling, right? Yeah. What do you think has made you successful? You know, I genuinely like to help people, right? That comes easy to me. So because of that, it makes sales easy and cause people can feel it. They can feel like my energy and they feel it. They, they're like, fuck, I'm buying a car from this guy. And then they always come back to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even though now I don't actually sell cars, I'm not on the sales floor, I'm running the entire organization, but I still get like 30 customers a month coming to ask for me. Like, hey, I'm here to see Christmas to buy mm-hmm. a car. I'm here to see Christmas to buy a car. So I just get on with one of my sales guys, but it's definitely just honestly being genuine and and loving to help people like, mm-hmm. i i love it I, I get so much gratitude from it yeah man. something that uh stand that stood out to me that you had said one day is uh um on one of your podcast i think you've said it a couple times mm-hmm. um but <clears throat> you, you're talking about how Shaq. uh he one one time he talked about how once he starts focusing on the money and he started focusing on people, people. that's what like that's changed what a lot him, for you that's what made him rich man yeah 
and 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 when i heard that i was like wow that that really that resonated with me so like yeah yeah so so you you know shaq is is an incredible individual man mm -hmm. i mean if for those of you listening to this podcast if you don't know enough about shaq like go search him mm -hmm. right the dude is a monster when it comes to business and he has so many businesses man and so many streams of revenue it's it's unreal right and and they're all successful but not only that he Shaq happens to be the number one selling sneaker ever yeah, more than a Jordan ones, right? no 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 it's a, it's the Shaq's it's the Shaq's right yeah yeah it's the Shaq's yeah. so number one sneaker ever yeah. right and you you wonder like what like Shaq's yeah. but what he did was I think he had a conversation. He talks about this and he says he has a conversation with his dad and his dad tells him, man, kids that grew up like you can't afford that shoe because he was going to get a, a contract with like Nike or something like that. And he's like, you need to you need to do something where you where the kids that grew up like like we did can buy shoes. Right. Mm -hmm. And and right then and there, Shaq declined the offer. Jumped over to Walmart and said, mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to create a shoe. It's going to be cheap enough for everybody to buy. Yeah. And that's what he did. So, I mean, like he said, like you said, <clears throat> once he stopped focusing on the money and started focusing on the people, the money came. It, mm -hmm. it was easy after that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's amazing. That's something that, I mean, obviously, especially when you don't come from much, right? Like you... It can be, and once you start having a little bit of success, right, like the money can kind of be a main, like, it's a main driving factor for a lot of people, but at least I can say for myself, it's, it's always been, been more about, um, I guess my purpose and what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to put out into the world and how I'm trying yeah. to make an impact. Yeah. And what I guess what's always been told to me is like, if you just do that, like the money is going to come and it's going to find, it's going to find its way to you. You just have to continue to work. And I guess that's just the mindset. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm still in the early stages with, with a lot of it. So yeah, that's something that I just kind of try to hold, hold to myself, you know? Yeah. You, you know, uh, the best advice I could give when it comes to like earning good money mm -hmm. and, you know, being, <clears throat> being up there in the 10%, the 1%, right. It all comes down to work ethic, mm -hmm. right? If your work ethic isn't there, you're not going to do anything. You can be the smartest guy ever. If your work ethic isn't there, you won't accomplish anything. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Denzel. And Denzel says movement without progress is just movement. Mm. Everybody can run in place. But once you start running and getting somewhere, you're going, right? Mm -hmm. What I had to do is I had to change my pace from walking to running, right? And and what I mean by that is just work ethic-wise. I had like a work ethic like I'm good and I could get it done and still be an overachiever. But then I went to like, nah, I got overdrive. Like yeah. I can sprint. What flipped that switch for you? When I got laid off from the railroad, mm. when I got laid off from railroad, I was like, I'm done. Like, let's go. Mm -hmm. It's it's time. Right. I, I'm, I, I found the lady of my dreams. I owe it to her. Not only do I owe it to her, but I owe it to myself. I owe it to my family. 
you know, let's go. And and I just turned it on. Boom. And <clears throat> as soon as I did that, I could just see the little things changing. Like, oh, I, I bought my dream car. And then, oh, shoot, I bought my first house. And then, bang, I bought my dream house. And then bought eight dream cars. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, what? It was like happening so fast, and mm-hmm. and and vacations. I I never thought I'd go on right. Um, and and when I did that, I was like, shit, man. Like that thought process when I got laid off from the railroad, which was a blessing in disguise. I thought my life was over. I was like, mm-hmm. God damn, I just lost such a good job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it just changed me, man. Yeah, and it it it, it woke me up. It it lit that fire. I got after it. Like, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. What What would you say to <clears throat> someone who has that drive, who has that fire? Because I know a lot of people, like especially my age, um, that have that drive. They have that fire, but they don't even know necessarily what to put that in. It's like yeah. there, there. A lot of people are lost in that way where they know they want to do something, but it's like, like what do I do? Where do I even start? Like, I know a lot of people like that. So yeah, so. For me, it I, I, if I had to start all over completely um, and I didn't know what I, I'd never had a job before, I would try some things or I would just think to myself, what comes easy? What do I do that comes easy? Mm. Right. I know I can talk to people very easy. Mm. Right. So. OK, now that I know that I could talk to people very easily. What fields of business can I go in that I do that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, real estate, sales, car sales, uh, cell phone sales, anything, right? Podcast. Podcast, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. So once you figure that out, okay, I'm doing what comes easy to me, so I'm not really working hard, mm. but if I have the work ethic and the fire, Oh my you man, you kill it. Yeah. You know, I, I have kids that start working with me selling cars. And I just teach them the game of selling cars, right? And the art. Once I teach the art, they're already blessed with the talent being able to talk to people. All they have to do is have the work ethic. And some will have the work ethic, or some will have all the talent in the world, mm-hmm. but they don't do nothing with it. Because mm. they didn't got the work ethic. Yeah. And then there's some that have the work ethic plus all the talent and those you can't beat. Yeah. You can never beat the guy with the work ethic and talent. Yeah. It's just impossible. Right. Um, Now you, you have those that work hard that don't have the talent and they do good, but they'll never beat the guy that has the talent and the work ethic. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And can you tell when like, let's just say when you're hiring somebody, can, can you tell, you can usually tell like if they have that talent in a way 100 percent. can you tell if they have the work ethic though so you ha- is that something you have to kind of like you you see? you definitely can't tell if they yeah. have the work ethic and there's little things that i tell you like all right he has mm-hmm. a little bit of a work ethic mm-hmm. right uh, sometimes it could be a previous job and i'm like oh shoot those that job you got to work your ass off mm-hmm. right so I'm like, okay, like he has some work ethic because in order to work here, you've got to be moving, you know? Yeah. So that's the only way I could really tell. Yeah. Now, 
I could tell the talent right away. Like I'm like, oh shoot, this guy is made for this, yeah. right? And I tell him right then and there in the interview, I'm like, bro, you're made for this job. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna make more money than you ever thought you could make. And then they're like, like what? Huh? Mm-hmm. You know? And I get them. Then they're all excited. But I'm being honest. I'm not trying to just get them pumped up. Yeah. You know, and lie to them. I'm like, no, you're gonna make more money than you ever thought you could make, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they start first month. They you know make twenty twenty five grand. They're like, what? Yeah, like and they're you know and they're twenty one years old, and they're like, what the hell? Like this is possible? Yeah. And and once they see it and they feel it, then sometimes it could be a reverse effect. Sometimes they see it and feel it, you know, and get that money, and they get lazy. Yeah. Then there's others that are like, I'll never have a bad check ever. Yeah, that's. So it could be one or two ways. Mm-hmm. What what is in a what's something like when you when you can look back on your life, um, it could be either like recent or maybe something that happened like in the past, something that you maybe had to overcome mentally. Maybe it could be like an event or something that you kind of carry with you to this day, um, or maybe an interaction you've had. Is there something that comes to mind when you when you think about that, like something you've had to overcome um, when it comes to um, just like your overall mental health and yeah, so. You know, uh, the biggest thing that I've ever had to overcome was uh, not getting into drugs. Hmm. Okay. Uh, It was just so easily accessible. And thank God for, like, having some friends that also didn't do it, Mm -hmm. you know, so I had some positive influences, right? But I also had a lot of friends that did Mm-hmm. And as I got older and I got into high school, I had a lot more friends, man. I, you know, I talked to everybody in the high school. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even in the yearbook or I mean the yearbook uh, uh, committee, mm-hmm. but I still had to throw my 10 year anniversary. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and and it's like, what? Like, why is Christmas <laughs> throwing the 10 year? Yeah. He wasn't even in the committee. <laughs> but they're like Christmas because, you know, everybody. Yeah. Right. But. And you do, because, like, I know so many people, like, you know so many people, or you go anywhere, and it's like, is that just who you've always been? Like, you just kind of... Always, man. Yeah. I'll always. And and it's not like I'm, I'm like, everywhere I go, I'm like, hey, 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 yeah, hey. Yeah, yeah. I don't, right? But for some reason, I don't know what it is about myself. I can... I attract people. And all of a sudden, like, I'm chilling. I'm talking to my my three friends, and then... There's eight other guys that are behind me like, hey, I know you from somewhere, <laughs> right? And then and then we start talking and then, you know, before you know it, you're like, what yeah. the heck? You know, and, and now I, I'm I'm really cool with these guys, you know? So um, I don't know how I don't know how I'm blessed with that. I, I yeah. just am, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh but as I as I, you know, went through high school, it was it was really, you know, accessible. But my parents were also addicted to drugs at one time. You know, my dad, when he was out of prison as I was growing up, he was, uh, you know, highly addicted to heroin, you know. And he would do it right there in front of us, you know. Wow. And so, uh, and and then it was like he was a ghost because you would try to talk to him. I, I could be like, Dad, uh, what are we going to eat? And then he would just like look at me like I wasn't even there. You know what I'm saying? And it was because of the drug, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of things that I that my parents did that I told myself I'd never do, which 
I don't drink coffee because my parents were addicted to coffee, mm-hmm. right? They drink it all day. I think a lot of people are addicted to bro, coffee, bro. A lot of yeah. people, bro. And, and, and So I don't drink energy drinks or coffee, yeah. right? Um, they, they were addicted to cigarettes. They smoke two packs a day. I'll never smoke a cigarette, right? Um, obviously, drugs. I've never done any drug. And my life has been great. I mean, I've had really good times not doing any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So some people are like, man, well, uh, man, I still like to do this or I still like to do that. Like the 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 best times I've ever had are, are with these drugs. And I'm like, nah, you can still have those same good times mm-hmm. without it. Yeah. You just don't know. For sure. You know, some people just don't try it or they... Or they they don't like give themselves the opportunity to have a good time yeah. without it. You know what I'm saying? Nah, for sure. That's a, I mean, especially if you were surrounded by that, your entire upbringing, I think it's not that it's a miracle, but damn near like, it's like, it is man. That's, that's amazing. Cause I know a lot of people that, I mean, I grew up with, cause I grew up um, in the Northeast. Uh, I went to Andrus. So, yeah. um, but I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of people I grew up with that their parents were kind of part of that same, I mean, just same thing. And it's that can be really having a big influence on a negative on or are. positive. Yeah. Effect. Absolutely. And for in your case, it was I mean, it was a positive. positive. You just look at it and you're like, I never want to even associate with that. So and, and you know, my it was it was cool because my older brother and older sister, they were also like that. They, you know, they never wanted to. Mm-hmm. So it helped. You know, it helped yeah. me like, like, oh, they don't do it. And I don't, I don't want to ever, ever want to do it and they don't do it. So I could get through life yeah. without it, you know? For sure. Uh, uh, and so it was just, that, that was really, really good, mm-hmm. man. You know, my parents, a lot of people will resent their parents for a lot of the stuff that we went through as, as kids, but I'm so thankful for my parents. I'm like, like, God damn, man. I, I couldn't tell you in words how much I love my parents. And how thankful I am that they showed me these wrongs not of not to, of not what to do, you mm-hmm. know, uh, of what not to do. I'm sorry. Yeah. And if, if I had to just if, if you told me I could have, you know, uh, Will Smith's parents. Right. And Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, uh, uh, his uncle and aunt. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil and and uh, uh, whatnot. Or have my parents. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they were rich. They had a lot of money. But my parents didn't have nothing. I would pick my parents tenfold. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be half the man I am today without that. Yeah. You know? Because even even though they, they, they didn't do the best, they definitely didn't have the best influence mm-hmm. of what they did. They raised us right, man. Yeah. They, they, they raised us to be, you know, like I said, earlier kind and and caring and you know look after one another like have love for my family and, and my mm-hmm. brothers and stuff like that so yeah, yeah that's that amazing was, man that was nice man yeah and how long have you been uh married for i've been married for eight years eight years together for 10 years man wow okay crazy man yeah so how'd you uh how'd you meet your your woman how, would you, <laughs> <laughs> how did that story come on because you said that was the love of your life so oh man she she the first day i saw her i was like blown away i was yeah like, i was like man <laughs> do you remember where, you know, where was it at it was at l house okay so hey, that's a good that's it was a at cool the l house l house bar <laughs> and, uh, yeah i used to go all the time yeah 
and she was there with her boyfriend. I and remember. So, I remember you saying it. Yeah. He basically <laughs> he introduced me. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and 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 not only did he introduce me, but he was like, "You don't know this guy." He was like, <laughs> he was gassing you. Yeah. He gassed me, bro. <laughs> you know, and and he was like, everybody knows this guy. This guy's great, and you know, everybody loves him, and blah blah, and this and this, and so she was just like, okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like she didn't get all excited yeah, at all. Yeah. She just kind of like gave me a little smile and then shook my hand, you know. Yeah. But I was thinking, God damn, like that chick was bad, you know. Yeah. So I didn't think. Anything so you were what, like twenty? How old were you at this? I time? was I was twenty two, like twenty two, almost twenty three. Yeah. When that happened, and then, uh, uh, and then sure enough, like six months later, she adds me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I was like, What is that chick? <laughs> So, me being like non-abrasive, you know what I'm saying? I I, I kind of hit her with like, like, hey, how's Nick doing? Right? <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, because I didn't see him at all on her, like yeah. any of her feet. So she's like, we're actually not together anymore. I was like, say less. <laughs> say less. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So. Uh, yeah, man, I I I hit her with you know like like just some funny stuff, yeah. you know like laughing and this and this and and before you knew it she was already in another relationship mm-hmm. I, I didn't ask but when i finally did ask she was like well i'm actually dating another guy but she knew it wasn't serious mm-hmm. she was like we just like to party together mm-hmm. you know and she's like and honestly i'm not faithful and he knows it but we just like to party together and this is this is what it is, right? We're young, we, yeah. you know, we're having fun. So she was honest. Yeah. And I was like, damn, like, <laughs> I've never had a chick tell me she yeah, ain't faithful. She's not you faithful. Know? Yeah, that's so, crazy. So, yeah, and then, so I was like, well, if you ain't faithful, well, then don't, be, you know, cheat with me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then she was like, nope. She was like, you're the, you're like marriage material. Hmm. So I won't cheat with you. She, and I'm like, fuck. Like, so I was like, nah, maybe she's just not attracted to me. You know? Yeah. So then anyway, I, you know, we talked for like two years, real good friends. And then <clears throat> I was 25 and uh, she breaks up with this guy. So I'm like, all right, it's my fucking chance. Right. Yeah. Hold up. Before that goes, it goes, go into that. What do you think that is when a girl like. She says your marriage material and like she actually might she might really like fuck with you. She might really like you. But she was with this other dude yeah. just cause it was It was fun. Yeah. That's crazy. That's kinda it's crazy to me. Crazy, man. And yeah. Cause women do that. I mean, yeah. when, you know, in their younger years, they're like shit. My wife knew already. She knew like my younger years, I'm gonna have all the fun mm-hmm. I can. Even though she had so a boyfriend, that, but yeah. she saw the potential in, in you type exactly yeah. exactly and and we never did shit we yeah. we stayed like friends and and just i mean cool like i mean we liked each other mm-hmm. but it was like uh we kind of expressed it one time and then we left it at that like mm. like all right and and so she knew i liked her damn like 10 times more than she liked me yeah you know? uh, i was probably in love with her already <laughs> and and uh, she didn't even know it but yeah so then she finally she finally hit me with like yeah me and Mike broke up you know mm-hmm. blah blah so I was like bet so we went out on my bike Ryan had a good time mm-hmm. that weekend next weekend did it again so then this time like 
she invited me back to the house. Mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I ended up staying the night. Yeah. But, you know, what's even funnier, man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we get in the house and, and she'll kill me uh, if she knew I told this story. <laughs> but so we get in the house and everything and we're getting a little hot and heavy. You know what I'm saying? And, uh-huh. and uh, bruh. <laughs> I was so nervous I couldn't get it up. Okay, yeah. I just was like, <laughs> like I was like this chick. I've been, <laughs> yo, like this chick I've been trying to date for two years. I'm like head over heels for. Mm-hmm. I was just too nervous. I was thinking about yeah, too much. Like now, nah, for sure. I was just thinking about way too much, man, and it just was not working. Yeah. Hey, that shit. So, just, I mean, just be transparent. That shit happens to a lot of fucking. It does, people. Yeah. bro. It really does. Yeah, because you could like, really like the girl, but it's just, yes, like that could like, be too much, bro. It, that it, little moment, and, it yeah, does, man. Sure. And and it happened, and I was like, "What is going on?" And I'm like, "Bro, don't <laughs> fail me, man. Don't fail me." Yeah. But short, shortly after, man. Um, so we we don't do anything, yeah. and. And uh, we lay there, and we're like, kind of laugh about it. She's yeah. laughing about it, and because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Like, <laughs> this has never happened to me before, right? <laughs> so she's like, Yeah, yeah, like you know, like joking <laughs> yeah. and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next day we tried again, same thing. Wow. Yeah, man. I'm like, God damn, like what the fuck? But that third day, bro. That third day, okay. <laughs> that third day. I had the I had the kinks worked out, okay, bro. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I just I was comfortable enough. Yeah, now, you and know? that's how you know, like she was the one, bro. Because like the bro. fact that I she mean, even girl, gave me to the third day. You yeah, know? it was like that. The fact that she was like, it's cool. Like that's that says a lot, bro. Mm-hmm. The fact that that's hilarious, though. Yeah, yeah, man. And mm-hmm. and so you know, we started dating like two weeks after that, and then uh, our two two year anniversary, I asked her to marry me. Uh, I, I, yeah, two year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, actually, one year anniversary, I asked her to marry me, and then two year anniversary, we uh, got married by just court. Mm-hmm. And then after we got married by court, then uh, uh, two years after that, we got married by church. Mm. So yeah, it was uh, it was cool, man. We had a huge wedding, yeah, six hundred and fifty guests. Wow, you know. So yeah, it was it was big. It was expensive. It mm-hmm. was it was nice. It was it was fun. It went by way too fast. Yeah. Uh, what have you learned in the past and since you guys been together for eight eight or ten years technically eight years married what's probably um what's the biggest thing you you've kind of learned about yourself through this process of, of marriage would you say i can communicate better than what i thought i could mm-hmm. right um or better than i was once i got married i realized like like Communication is such a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. And once you like get married and, and you're starting to like work out those kinks of of what's gonna make it work, you realize communication is like the threshold of all of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 what'll make the relationship work. And I wasn't really good at communication. I thought I was, mm-hmm. but I really wasn't. I, I I was really good at communicating at work. But once I got home, I was tired. I was burnt out, yeah. you know? So I would, like, like cut the communication. And then I started to get better and better and better. And then before you know it, you know, we, we like, 
have a lot more successful relationship because mm-hmm. I know how to communicate 10 times better than I did when we started mm-hmm. dating. Yeah. Right? But then the other thing would be affirmation, man. Is, you know, never stop dating, you know, like, uh, uh, and, and I don't ever look at it as I use the term never stop dating, but I don't ever like look at it like that. I, I just look at it as like, I still have to do the things I did when we were dating, mm-hmm. which is like compliment her, yeah. uh, you know, laugh at her jokes, you know, even if they ain't funny, yeah, you just gotta do it. You just gotta do it, you know, yeah. <clears throat> but you know, and, and, uh, Pay attention, man. Get off your phone, you know? You know, as long as you're doing those things, man, yeah. God damn, dude. Any relationship will work. Mm-hmm. I promise you. It's yeah. just those things. And then, obviously, you know, loyalty. But, um, you know, loyalty is is, is key. Yeah. It, it really, really is, man. And I'm not saying that me and my wife have been perfect in our relationship because we haven't. But we, like, understood, like, we're going to work at it no matter what. We're going to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt no matter what and figure out a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. And we have. Yeah. And, and I mean, shit, every year gets better. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Because I don't know. Maybe it's from, I don't know if it's accurate, but at least from my perspective, I find it, um, it's really hard to see very good marriages and families nowadays. Yeah. At least from what I've seen. So the fact that, like, you see a successful, your prime example of it is actually, like, that's amazing, man. Like, Appreciate that, man. And do you feel like, uh, as far as like your career, do you feel like you getting married or you dating, do you think that could actually positively impact you and your career or, your, or what you want to do? Because some people might see it as like a, you get into this relationship and it's going to maybe hinder you. Do you feel like it's kind of propelled you in a way or do you feel, have you seen... Um, that kind of have any relationship to one another? And that's a great question. Mm-hmm. It's a thousand percent propelled me. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, one is because you, you, you want to impress your wife, right? Mm-hmm. So I always wanted to impress her. Right. And I knew it took money to do mm-hmm. so. And it didn't take money cause she's not materialistic, yeah. but I just wanted to do things that she had never had done for her, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, take her on trips that she had never been and like just have so many new experiences within each other. And I knew it took money. So it like made me work 10 times harder mm. to get it right. But the other thing was, is she doesn't let me take a break like it. it, it Anthony, get on your shit, you know. That's, that's literally how yeah. she talks to me. Like, you know, hey, like, you're fucking up. Yeah. You, you've been to the bar three times this week. You woke up late to work, mm-hmm. you know, one of those times. And you didn't have a productive week. So she holds you accountable to Hell the Hell yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes she's she's yelling. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> most of the time she's pretty calm, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. But as long as you have that, man, I promise, man, uh, uh a woman will make you excel so much. Now, obviously, they've got to be mature enough to do those things. Some women, some women, they don't say shit. They just, you know, they just there. Yeah. You know what I mean? My preference was is I wanted a woman that understood what it takes to be successful, but also 
like believed in me to get that mm-hmm. and would be there to to put me back on my high horse you know what i'm sure. saying like like when i fell off like nope get your ass back yeah. up and let's go and the you fact know? that you work so like you do work how many hours do you work a week would you say shit man i i work about set 65 to 70 hours a week wow so that's the hardest part yeah that was the hardest part the first two years it uh she she could not understand like like uh you know i, I want to spend time with my my husband and we had so many arguments man i'm like i'm working like and then plus i have a lot of friends so mm-hmm. sometimes when i get out of work i wanted to go hang with a friend mm-hmm. or you know, it was his birthday party, and I'm I go, you know, yeah, uh, say what's up or whatever. But and she's a homebody; she doesn't like to go out mm. uh, much. So she would really like hone in on spending time and uh, uh, quality time, though. Yeah, you know, not just like I got home and we slept in the same bed. You yeah. know, like no, we got to have a conversation mm-hmm. and eat dinner together and. That was the hardest part. Now, once she got used to that and and she realized, like, you know what? He's just working hard. You know, uh, I've got to do a little bit more. So what she started to do is she started to, like, go out of her way to stay up mm. to wait for me to get off. Right. Mm-hmm. So instead of being asleep, she'd stay up so we could have a conversation, maybe even eat dinner. Yeah. Even though she wanted to eat a lot earlier. Yeah. Right. You're she getting home what like a nine or ten or what? Yeah. Nine thirty, ten o'clock. 9, 10. Sometimes yeah. eleven, sometimes wow. twelve. Right? Yeah. And she would still be, "Hey, I'm waiting for you." Wow. And yeah. That's what makes a relationship work, man. Is like a little bit of sacrifice. Yeah. Man, that's that's dope. Do you, do you feel like it's? Um, do you feel like dating? Um, at least, I mean, you've been married for what, like eight, ten, eight to uh, together with with her for ten, ten years. years. Yeah. Um, so maybe not your first hand experience, obviously, but from what you've seen, um, do you feel like that has dating has changed nowadays, like compared to what it was big time? Yeah, bro. It's all about Riz, bro. <laughs> it's like, like w- women, women, they don't look for the motivated individual anymore. Like the motivated, like career driven, smart guy. Mm-hmm. They look for like how much riz you got you know what i mean like can you impress me with your you yeah know, your first three lines you know what i'm saying and, and it's, it's and a very short-term way of thinking right it's short term yeah it, it's the fun term in my my opinion yeah so i feel like in order to get a girl that appreciates somebody um and looks for those kind of qualities in a man like the good qualities she's got to be at least 27 yeah you know Nowadays, yeah. Back then, you, you get them like at twenty three, twenty four, mm-hmm. you know. But now it's like twenty six. What do you think changed that? What do you think kind of changed that? Social uh, media, one, big time social yeah. media. But also, like kids aren't social, mm-hmm. so they they don't even know what qualities to look for because they they don't talk to anybody. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They they in the house on the game all day. Mm-hmm. They don't they you know. Man, I, uh, my godson was telling me, man, I went to the dance, and there was like nineteen people. <laughs> and I was like, 
you went to the dance in high school and there was 19 people? He's like, bro, they, they wanted to be home playing mm-hmm. Fortnite whatever, or yeah. whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Because back when I was a kid, you know, like, it was like, man, the dance was like everything, mm-hmm. bro. You know, sure. we, were waiting up, we were waiting for Back That Ass Up to yeah, come yeah. on by Juvenile. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's when you went and got, got a girl to dance with yeah. you. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's changed so much, man. It really has. And I'm only 35, you know? Yeah. So, I, I feel like I'm, like, the last generation, if not, like, the second to last generation before, like, things got weird. Yeah. You know? Cause I'm so, I'm in the mix right now, bro. Yeah. That's just like, mm-hmm. but I don't. I try to not to let it um, affect me, and that's why I say like, just kind of. I feel like the right person is right out there for yeah. for a lot of people for everybody. You know, I think it's just, um, it's just being patient and really. I'm I'm just kind of focused on what I got. Cause don't get me wrong, like when I see like what you got and what other, like I know other people that are very happily like in a, like in a relationship with people. I'm like, damn, that seems like that's dope, man. Like it, but it seems very far fetched nowadays. Um, so that's why I think a lot of people can get kind of discouraged. Um, you you know, it's, it, it comes, it comes like when you least expect it. Yeah. Right. All of a sudden you meet a girl and then she's like career driven and motivated and, and like, very like mature and you're like oh shit yeah but you also have to realize when you have that yeah for sure you know Cause, and on, on the flip side there i mean don't get me wrong dudes now are like uh we have our issues too man like there's definitely yeah. a lot of things that i mean shit a lot of us like to stay inside and play fucking games all day like, all day yeah even as adults yeah like i have friends man that they play Fortnite and these other games as soon as they get home from work yeah. until they go to sleep. Like what? <laughs> like what how does your wife let you do that? Oh, they're married. They're married. Oh shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I just can see it. Yeah. Like my wife doesn't let me be on my phone for <sighs> 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. She's like get off your phone mm-hmm. and 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 talk to me, right? But a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of relationships, man, will definitely fail for that reason you yeah. know no communication no no real like emotion within yeah. within you know the two uh because you know they're just worried about what's on social media or what's you know what video game they're, they're yeah. playing you know guys man you guys gotta stop that shit man. <laughs> I, I gotta say it you know yeah, get off sure. the goddamn game get off the damn game Hell you know? yeah but nah, yeah for sure yeah, how how old are you? I'm 23. 23. Yeah, so oh yeah, I'll, so. I'll be 24 in this 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 month. So gotcha. Yeah, yeah you're, you're you're, man. I I'll tell you this. You're you're still in the limelight, right? You're you're still like in that age bracket where you could have fun and you don't have to look for something serious. But mm-hmm. if you find it, like let's say you get a girl and and she happens to be all those qualities, absolutely, man. And and you know you could see yourself with it forever. 100%, you know, you, you, there's no age to where you have to say, like, all right, like, I, like now I can yeah, settle ready, down. Yeah. No, no, you can just settle down if, if it's the right mm-hmm. one, you know. Not for sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. So where you're at right now as far as, like, your career, um, what do you see that's on the horizon? What Because, I mean, I see that the drive, like, that doesn't stop for you. So yeah. what do you kind of envision for yourself here in the future, and what do you – 
what are you striving towards right now? Yeah, so hopefully within the next five years, I'm an owner. Um, of, of a dealership? Of a dealership. Yeah. So yeah. right now you're at Bravo so Cadillac? So I'm at Bravo Cadillac. Yeah. Uh, I'm the general sales manager. Um, and I, I completed dealers, dealer school, um, which is NADA Academy, mm-hmm. um, last year. Okay. In November. And that's like the Harvard of, of like dealers. Yeah. Right? They teach you how to be an owner. And the last dealership I was at sent me, right? Mm-hmm. Which I thought I was going to stay with that, that auto group forever. Yeah. But, you know, I, I got a really good, you know, opportunity and, and I, I jumped on it. But I definitely want to be an owner within the next five years. Mm-hmm. Now that I got, you know, dealer school out the way and uh, I've got a really good understanding of, of what it takes to be successful in this business. Uh, so in due time, man, in yeah. due time, I'll be an owner and. You know, obviously, I got other little projects on the side. You know, I, I I've got uh, a little thing in the in the works right now with you know maybe a bar or something like that. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's nice. You know what I mean? Uh, but I definitely want multiple streams of income, in uh, uh, a lot of them. You know, but and, and I don't mind failing. A lot of people do, but in order to be successful, you 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 you. You got to be okay with a thought of failure. Not saying that you're going to fail or you're you're like, oh, if it fails, it is what it is. No. But you have to be okay with like, man, what if this fails? Like, am I okay? And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I love to be uncomfortable, right? I love to put myself in uncomfortable situations. And that's what makes me so successful now, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I stay uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm always teaching myself something something new learning something different uh inspiring others right i I love to inspire and motivate and teach uh um you know people be uh i wouldn't i don't like to say beneath me but Mm -hmm. um colleagues that are coming up that are coming up yeah yeah that are coming up so uh if you stay uncomfortable man i you're and you'll read that in a lot of books Mm -hmm. staying uncomfortable but if you stay uncomfortable, it is it is a hundred percent true. You will you will easily, you know, accomplish a lot of the goals that you really really want. Yeah, you just sure. gotta you can't be afraid of that failure. Mm-hmm. I also think like a, a lot of it is fear of failure. And then what I was thinking about, I heard it somewhere, and we were talking about it on the last pod. A lot of it is, um, the thought of what people are gonna think of you if you fail. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of people are worried about like. Oh, let's just say you try something, right? You start a podcast, you start whatever, or you, you want to start your business. And then a lot of people are kind of just thinking about what other people are going to say if, oh, you like what happened? Like you, you didn't end up doing this. Like, yeah. So, but, um, something I like to go by is like, it's, it's, it says more that you're willing to put yourself in that position. Mm hmm. It says more about you, who, who you are as a person that you're willing to kind of take that risk and put yourself out there. And even if you do fail, like you're going to learn something, right? Like you're going to yeah, learn yeah, something yeah. from that. Yeah. To me, I, I don't think of anything as failure, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's just a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. And whenever you, you strive to, to do these things that, that take a lot of like, like effort and you fail, 
it could take a lot out of you. It mm-hmm. really can. The, and what's worse is it can really like change your outlook on life. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I'll never do that again. And that's the worst thing yeah. you can do. Because you just hinder yourself from so many possibilities of extreme growth and success. Right? So if you do fail, you still have to have that mindset like, like let's go. Yeah. Like, what's the next venture? And I'm going to throw everything at it. Mm-hmm. And when you're young, like your age, if you save 50 grand and you throw 50 grand into something that you, you really want to succeed, and it's every bit of your savings, and it may have taken you five years to save it, who cares if you fail? You're 23. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have 50 more years to make crazy amounts of money, yeah. right? It's just money. I tell that to everybody. You know, I, I, my backyard, I'll give you an example. It looks it's, dope, man. Thank you. Man. <laughs> it looks thank fucking you. awesome. Yeah, I got, I, I'm got. i going to have you over for a oh, podcast man, too, man. That'd be so, sick. So we could do it in the yeah. backyard. But uh, we... When me and my wife started designing our backyard, our house cost four hundred twenty-five thousand. Wow! Plus the upgrades and everything, you're probably talking about five hundred. Yeah. I think is what we spent. When I started doing my backyard, I have a big backyard. They quoted me three hundred twenty-five grand. Oh shit! So <laughs> almost as much yeah. as the house, right? Yeah. Most people be scared of that. I was like, fuck no. Run it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Run it. That shit. <laughs> like, let's go. Right? Yeah. And, and I built the backyard of my dreams. Mm-hmm. But because I'll make it again. Yeah. I'm not scared. Right? Most people are like, man, it took me 10 years to say that or this and this. Right? Fuck that. Run that shit. I'll make that shit all over again. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, it's going to put a fire in my ass even bigger so that I can go harder mm-hmm. to get it get it faster right yeah so that's that's how i look at life mm-hmm. you know yeah that's that's amazing i mean that's a clear i mean i'm sure you look at it every day it's like a clear like uh just a visual of the work that you put in and what you're um what you're striving towards just looking at that backyard because it's just like damn like i really did this man, man. um yeah. yeah man that's so dope that's so awesome thanks man. um and I, I want to give you flowers too about the podcast, man. Like that's that's amazing. Like what you guys got going on, and Thanks, your co man. your co host David, right? David, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's, he he seems like a really dope dude, man. He like is, I, I like man. what he has to say on the pod, and like he's he's really you guys work very well together. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Dave's Dave's a good guy, yeah. man. And you know, right now he's trying. Uh, you, what you had said something earlier that that reminded me of him when you were like, man, I'm just I have the drive, but. I'm trying to figure it out, figure out what it is that I want to do, mm-hmm. right? Dave's the same way. Dave has the drive, but he does not know what he wants to do. Mm. And, you know, he's 27 now, and he, he's, he's at that point where he's like, man, I'm getting frustrated because I haven't found out what it is, like, that's my niche. I'm just working right now. Yeah. And, and I'm working, I'm unhappy because, like, it's not what I want to do. Yeah. And it's not that he wants to make a crazy amount of money. He just wants to do something that he loves, that mm-hmm. he absolutely loves. And so, you know, I was just telling him, I said, man, 
one of the things that I want him to do is I want him to by himself do something he would have never done otherwise. Like mm-hmm. if, if I didn't tell him anything, he would have never done it. Mm-hmm. So find something to do. And he's like, like what? Like what? Like what? And, and like what? And I, I said, I'll give you an example. Like go to the airport, book the next flight out. Mm-hmm. Right. He's like, and I'm like, all right, let's say it says Aspen. And I say that because of Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and so uh, um, I'm like, but do something just super spontaneous and go by yourself. Get a hotel and, and you know, st- stay there and, and sightsee and, and just do something. And you will actually get ideas of what you want to sure. do. Yeah. I kind of did. That. That. I kind of did that. I went to Thailand last year for two months. Two like months. Two, two, yeah, I was out there and I went alone. It was something wow. I want. I wanted to do. And because I do, I do videography, and I, I was at the time I was posting on YouTube, YouTube videos, doing uh-huh. vlogs and and whatnot, and I just wanted to go out there and um, just do like travel videos, and and because yeah. I saw my, my brother kind of did the same, and yeah, I went out to Thailand for two months and. What you say is like it's crazy that you say that like, but for sure, not gonna lie, I kind of had a rough times out there just because I mean I was out there alone and there's so many different factors that were kind of I wasn't in the best place mentally, yeah, to really fully enjoy do, it and take yeah, it all in. It, it was it was amazing and I want to do it back, do it do it, run it back again, but it was just, I guess when it comes to, like the anxiety I was going through and just kind of a all the moving parts in my life where I was kind of trying to figure out it was a lot. So I ended up coming back. Gotcha. But the experience that I got from that was like, I feel like I could do anything after that. Cause yeah, it was, I mean, just the kind of people you meet and knowing people from like the UK, Germany, it's like, um, I just thought it was, it was dope that you said that. Cause yeah, that can do a lot for a person. Just the, the perspective it gives you of just leaving your hometown and just crazy. I mean, man. there's so much out there. Crazy. And, and, and the biggest thing is your brain automatically like try to adjust to figure it out. Yeah. Right. Um, what, and what I mean by that is, is like, let's say for instance, you get, uh, you're 15 years old mm-hmm. and you're in Thailand with your parents. And you lose your parents. Like, at first it's panic. Yeah. And then your brain just starts to adjust and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I remember this place. Okay, we were over here. Yeah. And then boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden you found them, right? Yeah. I feel like that's what's going to happen for anybody that's struggling with finding a purpose. Just do something random. It doesn't even have to be a trip. It could be anything. But just do something random and you'll start to get ideas mm-hmm. of like stuff you might want to do. Right. Yeah. Um, and 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 based off of that, it could really like change your life. Yeah, you for know? sure. Like, I, I feel like Dave, he, he's going to take one of these trips or something and he's going to meet the love of his <laughs> life. Cause he, you know, he, he, he right now. Right now, I think he, he really wants to meet somebody that he can settle down with. You yeah. Know? And. All the girls he's meeting because he's younger, you know, uh, uh, in in your age group, they're like 
immature and just kind of like like them what eating, marriage them like paso girls man something different yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. man so yeah they, they they you know they start talking about marriage or he starts talking about marriage and stuff because that's his religion yeah and they're like oh fuck no yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah, nah, yeah. For sure. but um, uh yeah that's that's funny man yeah you definitely will, will get like you said even if you just figure you're gonna figure it out you put yourself in that position and even if it doesn't you don't come out with it with like this is exactly what i do what i want to do you you just learn more about yourself and oh. from there you can you can just start building on from that absolutely um so yeah man that's that's amazing but for someone who's out there that is kind of um in a position where they're struggling they're maybe something just happened to them i don't know maybe they lost someone or like for me, I, I've dealt with a lot of like anxiety, I mean, panic, panic attacks, and just things like that. that that's yeah. something that really, um, thankfully, this year has been. I've really gotten to understand more about it and get to a better place. But yeah, for mm-hmm. a while, it was really I was really struggling with it. But um, let's just say there's someone out there that's struggling with that, or what's something you advice you would just give them? Something you would want to say to them right now? You know, if you're lost or you have anxiety. I've only experienced an anxiety attack once mm-hmm. in my life, right? So I don't know what it is it's like to experience it day in and day out. Do you like, remember like some people? Do you remember what caused it? I don't remember what caused it. I just yeah. all of a sudden was like, like what the fuck? Yeah. You know, I, like my mind was going crazy and mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I didn't even know what was making me do it. Yeah. It just was like, what the heck? But I just remember just laying there, like, in my bed and, and just having this anxiety attack. And I, I just was like, yeah, it's going to go away. I'll just wait mm-hmm. here until it does, yeah. you know? And it finally did. Mm-hmm. But you've got to really find something that makes you happy, Right. And and because some people that are lost, they're like, man, I, I've tried everything. Nothing makes me happy. But then it's your outlook on everything. So you got to change your outlook. Sometimes my wife would be like, I don't like this. And then I say, okay, but think of it as this. And then she's like, oh, <laughs> like, I like it, you yeah. know. Just by the perception, the yeah. outlook, right? Change your perception of how you feel about certain things, and certain things will change, mm-hmm. right? So it it could be anything. It could be shit. You go to McDonald's, you go work for McDonald's. You hate fucking McDonald's, but something about the fry machine you like, mm-hmm. right? Or somebody teaches you like this random fact about the oil that's in the fry machine you're like that's that's badass yeah all of a sudden you're like i love flipping fries or, sure. you know what i mean yeah like dumping fries yeah like, it, it's my thing yeah one of my boys that worked at dairy queen he was he was he was flipping burgers for a while he was a he d1 college athlete he wanted to go to the league but when he was working there he was like uh even though this is not what I want to do, but I'm flipping burgers. I'm going to be the best goddamn burger flipper in the world. Ever, like, yeah. Ever in the world. Yeah. Right? I, and I, I would be the same way, mm-hmm. right? In, in anything I did, I, I, you could put me as 
a janitor, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have the cleanest fucking everything. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna walk into my McDonald's and feel like you're in Vegas. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Like at, at the Bellagio. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, man. You know, change of per- perception of uh, of how you feel about certain things, or or about everything, and. And all of a sudden, you start to see the, your mind change on on what you really like or what you don't like, or or um, even like your happiness mm-hmm. or, or or you being lost. You're like, well, fuck! I was never lost. I just wasn't looking at life the right way. Mm. You know? Yeah. Nah, for sure. You might have been lost, but the thing that that you need or thing you want to do might be right in front of you. It's right just in like, front. Of you. you just got to change that that perspective. Yeah. Yep. For sure. It's perspective, man. And that's everything. But yeah, that, that would be my advice for sure mm-hmm. on that. Damn. Hell yeah, man. Well, we've been doing. Damn, it's been an hour 30. And it didn't even feel like it. That's crazy. It didn't. It didn't, man. <laughs> hey, we're, we're rolling, man. Yeah, for sure. We're rolling. But I, um, I definitely appreciate you having me, man. And, and, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely been you you've, you've got an amazing setup. Man. I appreciate you've it. You got a fan base out there, you know, <laughs> listening to you, man, and and uh, uh, you know, you damn damn sure had some good questions for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Somebody I didn't to, expect, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad you you made it, man. And it's, it's like for sure from the first. I think we have a few mutual friends, and yeah. Um, once I yeah. started hearing more about you, I was like, damn, like. We definitely need to make this happen, and appreciate um, it. But yeah, man. I mean, if I could help you out in any way with whatever you got going on, just I would love to support. Absolutely, and I I'm always that. there. Yeah, and um, uh, like I said, I, I love what you got going on, especially um, with the podcast. Like I, I tune in all the time, and you guys have some really like really good conversation on there. So I I appreciate, appreciate that. that, yes sir. Appreciate it, man. And, yeah, um, if you guys get a chance. Uh, Hit me up on uh, Black and White Podcast. Mm-hmm. We're on all the all the streams, and yeah. uh, uh, you know we we just try to bring something out there that that uh, is just daily conversation. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes it turns into serious. Sometimes it's funny. Yeah, you know, uh, like but yeah, yeah it could be it'd be a little bit of for anything. sure. I find myself laughing out loud to those a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's times where it's like, oh shit, like yeah, like that's, that's deep. Yeah, for sure. So I I really fuck with it, man. It's dope. Appreciate that. Um. But yeah, man. I mean, that's episode is episode twenty. So episode big, twenty, baby. Yeah, big, okay, big this is a staple. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. For sure. I had to get. I had to get a man Christmas for episode twenty, man. That's appreciate you, bro. Yeah, hell yeah. And it's um. So yeah, Anthony Christmas for you guys, uh, and most vulnerable player episode twenty. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and um. Yeah, man. Where can they follow you on on Instagram? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Mister Christmas eighty uh, eight. Uh, you know, or, or Facebook, mm-hmm. Anthony Christmas. Uh, post a lot of a lot of uh, uh, car stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, every now and then I I, I throw something motivational yeah. in there uh, for everybody. But uh, you know, and and also if you guys are looking for a car, I'm at Bravo Cadillac. Just ask for Anthony Christmas. I'll get you taken care of. Best deals in town. Best trading value by far. Uh, but we'll get you taken care of. Hell yeah. Appreciate you, man. That's Anthony Christmas. Thank y'all for tuning in. And uh, I appreciate all the support, man. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you yeah. guys. Glad to be See here. y'all later. Yes, sir. Later. Yeah. I was good, man. Yes, sir. Heck yeah.